Godbu, writer, journalist, proud shit disturber. I'm Michael Cass, an artist, and I don't have as many lofty titles as Neil. This is everything. Everything. I, I screwed up, Neil. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Oh, you know, last week, right? Well, uh, yeah, okay, I know about guns. last week. Guns. We were supposed to do. We t- we had a nice conversation. Well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't that great a conversation, and it was just meant to be that that we had technical difficulties that it only recorded on one channel. I I, I think it was meant to be because even as I was driving home, I was like, yeah, that just didn't kind of jive the way the some of the other episodes did. So we're not going to talk about guns. No. Not today. Not today. We're going to talk about, given given the, the, it seems like a holy month. It is a holy time of year. It's Passover. It's Easter, of course. Uh, Ramadan starts in a couple of weeks. It's Vaisakhi in a couple of weeks. Vaisakhi. I don't know. I, 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 don't I, know I hope I'm saying it. that right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to. In, well, I was just going to say we don't want to offend anybody, but... <laughs> <laughs> but chances are. But, but we're going to spend this episode talking about religion, so we're sure to we're, piss somebody off. Chances are we're going to offend somebody here. So uh, uh, maybe a quick disclaimer. It's not our intention to 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 be disrespectful. It's just our opinion, right? Well, and we want to yeah. fuel thought and discussion. Yeah, thought. think about religion and, th- and critical thinking and, and, and how it relates to religion. Yep. And I don't know if there's a lot of religions that encourage critical thinking i think you're i think you're right to a degree and and what i mean by that is that i think the powerful uh particularly the powerful religious leaders don't encourage critical thinking because that erodes their power um i i think critical thinking and particularly asking questions is is a sign of faith and so on a personal level i think a lot of religious people ask questions and are critical thinkers um, but the religious leaders don't like that so much no <laughs> i i did a yeah uh, i i did a every artist has to do a crucifixion it's like it's like a thing is it a thing in the I don't art know, world? Maybe it is. <laughs> or is just, it just, just your thing? Up, right? It's your thing. <laughs> Salvador Dali's, I love his crucifixion. If you've ever had a chance to take a look at that one, the perspective is amazing. So I did one that had two uh, crosses uh, and it had a male figure and a female figure. And the female figure, figure was gagged and the... Um, male figure figure was blindfolded. So it was sacrilegious. It well, no, it was it, okay, maybe, maybe it was, it was you know just my take on on one religion, right? Uh, on just on one religion, and I, where I think, like you said, the the powerful um, men, for the most part. Almost exclusively, uh, almost you're right. Exclusively, um, the indigenous people had it going on, man. The clan mothers ha- had a lot. Uh, you know, I can't speak to that because I don't know the whole structure, so I don't want to uh, 
uh, like you say, we need a we need a guide one of these days on some of this shit that we talk about because yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get in trouble eventually. But uh, the, you know, they're like, they they say to the men, who are under their sway, oh, you don't need to look over there, and they say to the women, just you just be quiet, be docile, and and you let us handle it. Yes. Right. I was told it was one of the most misogynistic pieces somebody had ever seen. And I had, I was like, well, maybe let's talk about it. Yeah, well, let's talk so about it. So it did the job. Hey, it, and, and I mean, some people would argue that especially the major world religions are by definition misogynist. They're, they're very male-centric, uh, patriarchy, religion. I, I think a lot of feminists would argue religion has been one of the most powerful tools in the patriarchy preservation toolbox. Oh, I like that. I like that. I didn't even <laughs> think patri- about it. It just patri- rolled off my tongue. The patriarchy preservation toolbox. I wonder, you know... Uh, Francis, Pope Francis, he's uh, forward-thinking, um, progressive, as, as far as the Catholic Church goes, very progressive, yet um, still stuck in that no women will be allowed to be priests, and uh, the Church won't um, condone same-sex marriages because... It's a sin. I, I mean, and to me, especially as a uh, as you have pointed out on a previous episode, I'm a, what did you call me? A surviving Catholic or a a, a recovering Catholic. a recovering Catholic? <laughs> um, I, I mean, I find that incredibly ironic, considering that that arguably the most famous saint is Joan of Arc. Um, I, I mean, to the point that. Uh, um, I had my my grandmother's sister. Uh, her name is Jeanne d'Arc. It's French, mm-hmm. Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Literally, her name was Joan of Arc, um, and so it, it, it is. It is a name that continues to resonate centuries later as this incredible woman of faith. Um, and and more currently, of course, we have Mother Teresa. I mean, there are holy women within the Catholic tradition. So why not lift them up? Virgin Mary. One hundred percent, and 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 of course, Mary, comp- certainly within Catholicism, is is lifted up to a far greater degree than she is by Protestants. Protestants, Mary is almost a side figure, uh, but for Catholics, it, it it all starts and ends with Mary. I uh, I was told. Oh no, I was I was I was thinking about Joan of Arc, and it was uh, one of the things that I had asked a question: What three people would? Oh no, what? What two historical figures would you like to have as your parents? And I said Gandhi and Joan of Arc. Because of their unwavering faith and dedication. Not that I agreed necessarily agreed with that faith, but I really admired that the faith it's uh, their faith their dedication to willingness to put down their life like that's that's putting your money where your mouth is oh for right? sure but before we get any further we really should make a distinction between religion and god oh definitely 
So you go first. <laughs> well, I before the show, I said uh, for me personally, I I believe in God. It's it's not it's not a God, and I don't feel the need to share it with anybody. And I'm not going to be knocking on doors, and I'm not going to be preaching any sermons. Uh, my God works for me, and just fine. And and it's a spirituality that that works. And I said before before the show here that uh, for me, religion is for people that want to stay out of hell, and spirituality is for people that have been to hell. So that's my. That's very my eloquently difference. put, sir. Yeah. See, and 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 I guess I guess for me, I don't believe in God. Um, I, 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 I'm still. I remain the doubting Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, I, if if you made me guess. I would say God is the universe. So this is where I guess my, my Catholicism rears up, where, where as, as Catholics, we're all taught that, that we, are, we are part of God. We are God's children. God, God is not in us. God is part of us. Mm-hmm. It works mm-hmm. through us. Mm-hmm. And so if then I would take that to the logical level, then I would just say, well, God is everything. God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. God is everything, everything. <laughs> God is everything. God is even everything, everything. God is right here, sitting at the table with us. <laughs> and and so so, but but then then I would say that there is no sort of sentient being necessarily. It's just a a, a divine power uh, that's holding. God is dark matter, right? Holding the universe together. Uh, maybe that's a maybe that's a, a, a you know maybe a different way of expressing it, but that's that's I, I guess. And, and then of course religion, I would say, just is a man-made framework to try and understand that divinity. Except that, by and large, especially the major world religions, is that framework has been used as an aspect of control. It's been used. Uh, to fuel wars, to fuel genocide, um, all sorts of horrible things that that certainly go against what the holy figures within that religion. I I, I think Jesus would have been quite uh, appalled at the Crusades. <laughs> yeah, and it, uh, one of the now you know we're 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 kind of trash in religion here to a certain degree, but I want to say that. That I'm, I want to recognize where it has helped millions of people. Now it has helped millions of people, but that to me is like you know, uh, sure, you know, um, Escobar built <laughs> soccer fields and churches and schools and hospitals in in Colombia, um, in Medellin. But that didn't make it okay. European right. colonial colonialists brought all sorts of technologies and 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 all sorts of of uh, uh, of improvements uh, in technological improvements that helped the indigenous people hunt and do all sorts of things. But <laughs> right, there was still the colonizing. So just because religion. So religion has done great good, but it it has also done great harm, and I and I think we can recognize both at the same time. 
is it do the scales balance? I, for me, I, I, I think that that they do, I don't believe they do. I think more harm has been done on a personal level that I've seen with uh, my own ex-fiance and on a, on a global right on a global or an, even a national uh, you you all you need to do is look at northern ireland um and and on a global scale i think religion has done more harm than good i i would agree with that certainly on the social level on the and i and i would agree with you actually on the individual level and but let me make a separation between the individual level and the personal level mm-hmm. in that I, I i would say that for millions of people, as, as you said, religion has provided comfort, has provided solace, has provided, particularly in times of, as, as you mentioned, uh, uh, that when you've been to hell, religion has provided uh, a light. Spirituality has provided a light. Yes, but for some for people, some pe- okay, but for right, some okay, people yeah. that that connection to that... Religion has provided a framework for that spirituality to come through, mm-hmm. as opposed to um, just feeling for it. it. It's provided, whether it's through a book, um, through a sermon, whatever it is, it, 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 religion has provided that framework for that spirituality. It's not my framework. It's not your framework, but it is a framework. Well, I, I used to go to a church here in, in Prince George. So did I. Yeah, on... Um, I would go and <clears throat> and I would have an open mind, and uh, I remember I remember the uh, the pastor asking me if I I believed in God, and I said I, I believe in in a God, and he said oh, that's good enough for me. You're welcome to join us. Timbers Timbers Church, right? Non denominational for the most part. Pretty cool music, and uh, I know that um, for me, when I needed to fill my spiritual cup. Uh, that was a place I could go, you know. Um, I listened to the sermons and I took what I needed and I left the rest. And and that's okay uh, for me. I don't know how, you know, in our first podcast we talked about conspiracy theories and cults and how people buy into some of the things like creationism, you know, and, and taking taking a book that was written well after Jesus died, first of all, this, the New Testament, well after he died, and, uh, or even the New, Old Testament, and, and, and taking it word, like literally, like in a literal sense. And I, you know, I, I don't know, right? Like, I mean, I can't say, no, that didn't happen, but chances are pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, and, and, and the hard thing is, is you and I both know people of faith, that we deeply admire, respect, mm-hmm. and and that also, and, and so that's also what colors my uh, view. That at a personal level, religion has has done great things. Now, again, one hundred percent at the uh, at the social level, no question. Uh, we can point to throughout history, right to the present day. Um, right, everything from uh, 
Northern Ireland. You mentioned uh, Israel and Palestine. Oh my! Right? I, I, how can I? For- <laughs> I, I I mean, there there are serious religious conflicts that continue uh, to this day. What kills me is it's like it's 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 the same God. It is the same. It's God. It's the same God, and 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 you know, get my head around that one. I. Hmm, how is your God any better than my God when it's the, the same, same God? God. <laughs> right? So I get, oh, you know, it's just too much sometimes for me to, to, to figure that out. So that's not the God you pray to. No, no, but I don't, but I don't, uh, I don't, you know, I, Whoever, whatever you pray to, whatever any of my friends pray to, whatever anybody prays to really is none of my business uh, until it until it becomes problematic. But you do pray. Oh, I pray. Yeah. The power of prayer for me, for me personally, on a personal level is uh, it works. What's what's that look like? If you don't mind me asking, this is a very public thing oh, I'm asking you here but I, my god's got an awesome sense of humor so it's like you know I could be I can stop any time of day and, and say a prayer a, a lot of times I'll I'll use a prayer that that I find comfortable it happens to be the serenity prayer and um a fantastically written prayer by the way oh the, I, the writer in me deeply respects it and and as long as long people have to remember where the commas are and and the prep and the is it prepositions what is a preposition well we're getting off topic <laughs> but and then so so but i can stop anytime and then i can like god he can handle it she can handle it it can handle it. i don't for me god i use the i use the, the pronoun he out of habit i guess you know but god i'll just say god and i use the term god out of because i have no other thing to call it right it's just sort of this nebulous force it's just power this power i don't know what it it does it 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 handles everything and so when i need guidance right i'll say god i don't i don't know what to do here i just need a little guidance sometimes i don't like the answer and I get mad. Like, I'll get mad at God. I'll swear to God, fuck, fuck you, God. And God's like, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Yeah. Right? And that's how I pray. Right? I don't pray. Um, I, instead, I, and this is a habit I've, I've taken on for much of my adult life, and it, it happened very organically and that it wasn't planned. It was just something I noticed. I was doing more and more when I was reaching a moment. Um, and of course, like recovering Catholic, I, I, I certainly, my, my upbringing taught me to pray. But as an adult, I took a step back. And, and so my form of prayer, and I don't meditate, but my form of prayer, prayer is to stop and listen, mm-hmm. is to slow everything down and listen and whether it's my inner voice or just the calmness i try and find it, 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 there's nothing formal about this uh, our dear friend lisa Med- redpath swears by meditation uh, at some point someday i'm going to get her to maybe walk me through a little of that oh i'll join in i be- love meditation works because because i i'm, I'm very interested in it but but I, 
I, I guess what I do is a form of meditation, but there's nothing formal about it. For me, it's just sitting quietly. A lot of times it's even listening to music and just slowing down my thoughts. Well, if you're in the moment and you're present and you're quiet and you're sitting there, guess what, Neil? <laughs> you're meditating. Yeah, and, and so and and then it's very much that if not the if not a solution becomes present is is um and, and I think maybe this is where the serenity prayer comes in a little bit. Um acceptance mm-hmm. comes in is that I, I don't have the power to change this, so maybe I need to find a way to accept it. Yeah, turn it over. Turn it over. I, uh, I, one of, the, <laughs> one of the things, uh, I turn, I turn to, you know, I throw in the towel, and then I snatch it back, and then I just tear little strips off and <laughs> throw it in, right? Until, but for me, God is not some pinch hitter. Right, God is not some pinch hitter that I rely on only during a, a crisis. For me, God is an everyday thing, and I wake up in the morning and I say, "Please help me," throughout the day, and then my feet hit the ground and it's all fucked after that. Uh, oh, and then at the end of the day, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I say, uh, "I say thank you." Many times throughout the day, I say thank you, you know, and and try and be grateful for. But that, you know, I have no scientific proof to back that up, right? It just works. It, it it's it's your framework, mm-hmm. right? It comes down to a framework. I, I I wasn't being rude to you while you were talking. I was looking on my cell phone because I I, I did want to read a little bit of this. So there's a very famous thing where a young girl wrote a letter to Albert Einstein and asked him a very simple question. Do scientists pray? And because he was Albert Einstein, um, he actually wrote her a long response. Um, his, his assistant uh, put the letter on his desk and he, was, he, he loved the question and he loved the simplicity of it. And so he wrote her a long letter in response. And, and one of the things he said in it was, the pursuit of science leads to a religious feeling of a special sort, which is indeed quite different from the religiosity of someone more naive. And so what, and, and he spoke about this quite a bit in his um, later years, is, is really, and, and, and so, so did Stephen Hawking, actually, uh, even in some of his famous books, Brief History of Time, is, is, is Stephen Hawking wrote about that, that modern physics is an effort to try and find God, to touch God. And, and certainly that was a, a viewpoint that Albert Einstein was, he, uh, Albert Einstein was far more about fi- uh, discovering the miracle of God, that, that to look at the universe was to marvel at God's handiwork. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, in the same way that you would look at a, at a car and, and say, wow, the engineering of this is amazing. That, that was the way that Einstein looked at the universe as the engineer, God, um, has built this truly magnificent thing. And so, so Einstein did not see uh, whether it was through prayer or looking at the divine and believing in the divine um, as something that somehow was a betrayal of scientific principles. He felt the two went quite well hand in hand. 
I <clears throat> well, then you could. You, I mean, based on what you said there, that definition is, is science is a religion. Yes, in, in a sense. In a sense, right? Um, well, it, it, it's a framework for looking at the universe. Doesn't that sound like religion? That sounds a lot like religion. Now, it's COVID. Yes. Right. <laughs> and we just had the BC Ministry of Health just handed down uh, an edict. I'm going to call it an edict. Um, not a suggestion that there be no um, gatherings, no church services. That has got a lot of people upset, uh, on religious people upset. And I, and I have to wonder... Um, you know, we can pray, we can worship anywhere. And it says that in the Bible. It says that in the, is it in the Old Testament? I, I was looking it up. I can't remember where it was. Um, but it says you do not need to worship me. And, how, and the early Christians didn't. They, I mean, they still gathered. But do you, is there this? Why is there this need to, to to come together and to gather and and be in a group? Well, two things is is that I think people are upset this time because a month ago they were being held out. Pardon the pun. The the olive branch, the palm, if you will, <laughs> the palm. <laughs> um, that that things were going to be opening up and they would be loud, uh, limited uh, indoor religious services, and and then all of a sudden, right before the, as we pointed out at the top, the holiest time of the year for many major religions, springtime, um, right, rebirth, rejuvenation. Um, nope, you're not allowed to uh, to gather, and and which leads to the gathering part is that while that connection may be deeply personal, it's it's often manifests itself I, I, quite well when you gather with like-minded individuals. I, I know certainly um, in in my youth. Uh, attending religious services of various faiths with other people, with relatives, uh, with people I was visiting, that there is something quite special about um, a, a holy gathering, that the energy of all the people in the room is, is, is electric. Uh, and, 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 and I would say where I felt that the most is at an evangelical service is, oh my, like, pardon the pun, oh my God, but <laughs> the, the, the power there are in, no puns here. in the room where, where, where you just wanted to leap to your, to your feet, um, something was happening and you just wanted to, I, I wanted to be part of it. That and sounds it, like a Grateful Dead concert. <laughs> that, that, but 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 but, but is I it, get that. Yeah. But but is it any different? No, I was going to say that that that. Okay, so that answered my question because I was thinking about I was thinking about that sounds an awful lot like like a rock concert or a country, whatever you want to call it, a, a, a gathering. Because I and I was because as you were talking, I thought, could I just sit in like an empty space and listen to one of my like the stones just playing for me or the grateful dead just playing for me or whatever, whoever it would be just playing. 
it wouldn't be as much fun or as uplifting as if I had a huge like that. I guess I guess it's that vibe. Well, and, and and we've all been in a room with a group of people, whether it's been a hundred people or a thousand people, of a powerful speaker mm-hmm. who can lift the whole room, and I, I right that's that's the framework. So whether it's religion or music or just a, a motivational speaker, um, right, is that people who know what they're doing with that can can certainly generate a lot of power and a lot of enthusiasm and certainly in the case of the that evangelical uh service i attended i i i, I left there supercharged i you know my my i just felt motivated and ready to go and then it was after where i was like okay wait what am i ready to go do again <laughs> become a missionary <laughs> now so I was going to ask you then where you can, did you, did you have like a God moment in that time and then realize that, oh my God, I don't believe in God? No, no, it was more that I felt connected to the people around me, Mm -hmm. that, that I felt unified with them. And it was only when I left and went home where suddenly I reflected and I was like, okay, I was close to them. I didn't, I certainly didn't have a spiritual experience the way I discussed on our paranormal uh, episode, mm-hmm. right, where that that was very much a spiritual experience. Something touched me. Uh, that 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 experience at the evangelical service was far more a um, a mob mentality, if you will. Oh. <laughs> right, I connected to the group, not necessarily to a a higher, a divine influence or power. Hmm. So, so, and also having been in a riot, um, not as a participant, as a working journalist, uh, mob mentality is a very, well, and of course it's been quantified even scientifically, mob mentality is a very real thing. It, it's very, it, it, and it's a very powerful thing to be caught up in the crowd. I was at an Alice Cooper concert. In Toronto, when he didn't show up at Exhibition Stadium, and is I, that so? You trashed the place. I ran away. <laughs> I ran away. There was cops on horses, and there were people tearing up seats, and I'm just like this little, long-haired, long overfed, long-haired leaping gnome, <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm out of here because I couldn't, like, I couldn't. I didn't want to be part of it. Right? It was scary. It was scary. So mom mentality. Suddenly, people. You know, it just, you watch it, it took over just as like this wave. So I can see, I guess too, in the evangelical sense that, that energy, energy, and we'll call it energy, starts taking over the entire space, right? Um, well, well and, and, and evangelical services, evangelical Christian, I, I, I should stress, Right, it's all about singing together, and you and I both know what it's like to be at a concert with twenty thousand or twenty-five thousand or more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, when the singer says, you know, sings something and then holds out the mic, and everybody sings it back. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. That is hugely powerful. Powerful. Yeah. So, why don't we? I guess we do, in a sense. I guess there is that celebrity worship, eh? That idol worship and 
No question, right? And and that I mean, you mentioned already, right? Our very first episode about cults is is then also connecting to someone at an individual uh, level, you know, from Jim Jones to Charles Manson to right uh, cult leaders through through time. Now, there's where I get. <clears throat> there's where I get, There's where I take offense. There's where I. I, I, I'm okay, like I said earlier. Did I just say something offensive? Yeah, no, not, not you, but those people that, that take take something that is so good for so many and twist it, twist it into something that is so despicable. Yes. Um, Jim Jones, uh, Charles Manson, uh, um, other you know, even televangelists who, you know, Tim and or Jim and Tammy Faye Baker are, yeah. are Jimmy Swagger. Jimmy, uh, yeah, Jimmy Swagger crying. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. S- 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 send me your money, and I'll bring you closer to God. Is basically the message. And you know, my great grandmother. And here's, here, I, I get twisted about this because it makes me angry. My great grandmother sent twenty dollars to New York every month, every. Every couple of weeks or something, twenty bucks U.S. Right to like that U.S. matters, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, to so somebody would say a prayer for me, right? And I and at first, you know, when I wasn't when I wasn't practicing a healthy spirituality, I was like, screw them, man! Like, give me the twenty bucks, and I'll find my I'll find some goodness in a, in a, in a little baggie, right? Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until later on when I thought, you know. Oh, I, I was torn because at first I was like, I hate those people that do that, that prey on, prey on the naive, the, the, uh, the vulnerable, prey on their, their, you know, their sense of goodness. And, and then I, and then, so I was torn between that and saying, you know what? It made her feel good. Right. So she felt good thinking that I was being protected buy this $20 or the, or the result of giving away $20. And what's wrong with good feelings in the world? There's nothing wrong with good feelings. No, there's nothing wrong with good feelings. It's how those good feelings are generated. And, uh, and so somebody took it, that 20 somebody bucks. Somebody took that 20 bucks, right? And they had probably had a nice dinner at Elaine's or something in New York City. And, 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 and when you're taking that 20 bucks from thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people, that turns into real money in a hurry. And it, but see, there's the, okay, I think there's where it is. It's like, it's not so much the 20 bucks, or it is the 20 bucks. It's the accumulation of that wealth and not taking that, that money and doing good with that money. That's where I... That's where I take issue. If you're going to take the $20, fine. Take the $20. Do it. Do something with it. Do something that that whoever it is you believe in would be proud of or happy of or 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 you know, delighted with you as 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 a worshipper. My my break with the Catholic Church ironically started happening right around the time I was confirmed into the Catholic Church and and because it was at that time that that very much you're encouraged to pose your deepest questions around faith and and so my confirmation name was Maximilian 
uh, at the time. Um, Wait, hold on. So do they give you, so. You pick your own. Oh, really? Well, at least that was, that was the, the, the tradition in, in my church and in my parish um, that as, as, as someone about to be confirmed as an adult in the Catholic Church that you picked your own patron saint. Do they give you a list of names you choose from, or do you, you just say like... You you basically go do your own research on the saints, and you find... So it has... So a saint. A saint. Oh, okay. So it, so, ha- so it is from a list of... Yes, and and so it, it's, it's you find someone that will guide you. And so at the time, I chose actually one of... Uh, I was confirmed in the 80s under Pope John Paul II. Uh, one of the saints, it was one of the newest saints that uh, Pope John Paul II had had um, canonized, uh, was, was St. Maximilian, who was a, uh, a, a Polish priest um, who, who um, uh, provided comfort. Um, um, Basically, the, the the Nazis put him in in Auschwitz with everyone else because he he would not uh, recognize the Nazis' authority and was providing aid and comfort and and um, to um, people in the in the Warsaw ghetto. And so, um, off to the concentration camp, and then again there was uh, where where there was a group that were. Uh, in the gas chambers, and they literally sung. And there's sort of the divinity of a miracle. And uh, so St. Maximilian was canonized. What I loved about that story is for the same thing that you loved about Joan of Arc, right? That that faith, even in, in the darkest moments, mm-hmm. um, that unabiding, unrelenting faith, right to the bitter end. and And so that gave me great comfort but it also was in my teenage way was like that that is faith not what is in the vatican right this this place and 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 these 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 amazing cathedrals and notre dame and these other places that are are actually celebrations of wealth and power ego right as opposed to and and considering that I mean, there's a very clear example in the Gospels of, of what Jesus thought of temples, um, right? This is not places where, where, where wealth should be flaunted. It should be a place of comfort. And then we had Martin Luther. And then we had Martin Luther, <laughs> and, and we know what he and, and we know what he thought of that. Yeah, and, and I mean that carries on on to today. I uh, yeah. I, I, I don't think we need those. I mean, for me, you know, I, I, just my opinion, right? My humble opinion. I, I, those places, beautiful to visit, uh, architectural marvels, engineering marvels for the time that they were built. Um, but I think they're just monuments to some person's lack of faith. You know, because yes. if I build this, if I build this cathedral, God will love me. I will go to heaven. You know, do you believe in heaven? Oh, you don't believe in God. I, I, I don't believe in God. So the, the, the idea of a heaven and hell, I, I, I would say, and I would say we can, we're living in it. Both. Both. Yeah. Well, I believe we can make them 
they're made like my if i if i'm going to be in hell i'll make my own hell right like right here today if i start thinking in a way that's going to drag me down into that abyss i will go there and or i can lift myself up you can lift yourself up and create your own and and i mean what is heaven to me heaven is feeling a connection with the divine well <laughs> ag again that is something that if we make effort we can get to that point and it might be fleeting but it it's there nevertheless there's a few i remember <clears throat> roy buchanan a uh, fantastic blues man one of the roy's blues it's called and he says i'll speak highly of you when i'm in hell and the other is uh, if all if all the if all the bootleggers and the strippers and 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 the sinners and all the fun people are going to hell why on earth would i want to go to heaven <laughs> right and and again i mean we go back to the example in the gospels that certainly that those are the people jesus spent time with but there's that there's that you know like dante's inferno uh propaganda um created to frighten uh ignorant um superstitious people into believing that if you don't conform to what we want you to conform to, this is this is your future, Pally, right? Like, um, and I can't, you know, that form of control. Even marriage, marriage. I had to. I fought with my wife on getting. I said yes, but I, you know, that whole thing. It's either the government or it's or it's the church that, it, when it comes to marriage, it's saying. You know, well, and and the, and there are even, of course, splits. I mean, certainly Pope Francis is—he's um, he, certainly not beloved by all Catholics. No, um, traditional Catholics are are actually quite appalled at at what he represents. And I mean, this takes me back to um, so the recovering Catholic put his daughter through Catholic school. Mm -hmm. uh, she attended St. Mary's here in Prince George through grade seven and then and then went on to secular high school, College Heights. Um, but so Ooh, so not Kelly Road or no, I oh. was living in College Heights at the time. So <laughs> you were living in Winyville. So so Claire, in so, my nick of the <laughs> so Claire went to College Heights. Okay. But but yeah. the but the interesting thing is that when Claire was in grade two, um, her classmates were going through First Communion and. Claire wanted to go through First Communion too. And then we had to inform her that she wasn't baptized. And then she said, well, I want to be baptized. Okay, so let's go through that process. So we decided because her extended family, our, at the time my, my first wife, Claire's mother, and, and our, our extended family both on both sides was in Kelowna. And so uh, we wanted uh, my sister-in-law to be the godmother and let's have a nice ceremony in Kelowna with the grandparents. We visited a priest in Kelowna. Now, this is a different... Um, Oh crap! What is a diocese? Mm -hmm, is is mm -hmm. the regions right? Yeah, uh, Cologne is in a different diocese than Prince George, and so we visited a priest. Ironically, he was my uh, 
the the priest at my home parish, my mother's parish, uh, when I was in late high school after I was confirmed, and um, and university when I w- when I was home from university and would go to church with my mom, and anyway this so we visited this priest who is now uh, uh, leaving this different parish, um, and asked him if he would baptize Claire. And he started asking us some questions. Well, who who would be? Are are, are you churchgoers? No, we're not. But our daughter attends Catholic school, and told him the backstory. And uh, okay, and he's kind of looking more concerned. And who would be the godmother? And tell me a bit about her. Well, she's divorced. Oh, oh, and so <laughs> so it it was just it was like strike one, strike two, strike three, and finally he just said, "Listen, I I, I will not baptize your daughter." And we were floored. I, I, I was floored as, as a recovering Catholic. I was welcome all comers into, into the fold. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. <laughs> welcome all comers and less. Yes. Came back here to Prince George, uh, approached the um, priest at St. Mary's. The priest at St. Mary's went, I. Father Richard. It was Father Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and Father Richard said, I'd love to do it. I, let me consult with the bishop, who was um, Bishop Wiesner at the time. And Bishop Wiesner heard this story and went, Father Richard, you ain't baptizing this kid. I am. Ah. And so Bishop Wiesner, and in front of the entire school, baptized my daughter. And I actually got a little emotional about that because Bishop Wiesner's approach was very much, we welcome all. Mm-hmm. And and whether whether Claire becomes a practicing Catholic as an adult or not has nothing to do with nothing. And I think that's and I think reaching an age of of uh, maturity or a maturity level, not necessarily an age, but I think maturity level where it's like okay, you choose uh, as. And that's where <clears throat> I don't. I I believe there should be a clear separation between church and state. Of course, and church and education. Uh, I have, I you know, I have issues with 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 uh, religious tr- uh, schools, uh, not not necessarily just Catholic, but all of them taking public funds um, when there should be this clear separation between church and state. Do you think that religion is playing too big a part in our politics today? Religion certainly plays probably too big a part in a politics, and certainly I, 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 I hear what you're saying, and it, it weighed on my mind heavily at, at times, is, is that am I raising a, a daughter that would become, you know, in, in a, bringing her through a school system that is potentially part of the problem? Ah. Um, but but at the time, I was very disenchanted with the politics that was happening in the public school system with uh, every time uh, the contract between the provincial government and the BC Te- Teachers Federation came up, um, they were going on strike. And, and I just was not interested in putting my daughter through that upheaval every three years. No, thank you. And so... Um, so that was part of it, and part of it was that I wanted my daughter to be exposed to the same religious tradition that I was, to then 
you know, a lot of people, well, a, a lot of parents, uh, you know, I've heard, well, you know, if my kid wants to become religious, they, they can do it when they become an adult. Well, if you don't expose them to it as a child, how are they supposed to make that choice? So th th that was really my thought process with with that. But I, I mean, what do you think? I, 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 well, I, I think I know the answer. I think you think religion is way too much immersed in politics. Oh, I think it's way too much immersed in politics. And like I said, and education. And, and I and it, to a certain degree, I agree with you as far as uh, as far as exposing um, a youngster to to a religion, but I believe all religions. So in my high school in Toronto, um, we had this wonderful yellow book. Was it yellow? I think it was yellow. Of sayings from all religions and even secular sayings and prayers. And, and the teacher, the homeroom teacher, home form teacher, I don't even know if they have homerooms anymore, for the first 20 minutes of the, of the day. So she or he would give this, choose a student, right, down the alphabetical list, give them the book and say, you choose what, you, what, what you'd like to read to the rest of the class today. I think that's a fantastic, um, I think that's a fantastic way to expose young people to all forms. And then, then if something, if there's a hook, right, or whatever you want to call it, if there's something that, oh, I like that, I want to look into that deeper, then, uh, yeah, go for it. See, see and, and where I think, getting back to education, where, where I think our, our public school system has gone wrong is that in which one? <laughs> yeah. Which way? Yeah, in which way? Which of the many <laughs> which ways? Which of the many ways? I, but but certainly one of the many ways it's gone wrong is that in its pursuit of being secular, it is rejected all religions. Oh, there we get into political correctness. Then. Right, exactly, and yeah. and and where I I love what uh, what uh, a recent letter to the editor that uh, that I published in the Citizen it was that. Why, why can't the Lord's Prayer be, re be studied as poetry, as, as a form of literature? I, I, it wasn't, sorry, it wasn't the Lord's Prayer, it was the 23rd Psalm, um, which, which uh, I mean from, I, I'm old enough that in grade five, we studied the 23rd Psalm. Now we did not study any other <laughs> uh, whole, you know, texts from other religious traditions, and that's where I think I think young people, certainly at, at, at I would say at the high school level, I think they could, I think public education could hit two birds in one stone. Is is expose students to beautiful writing, but then expose and expose them to religious texts at the same time. As long as it's for me, as long as it, 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 like when you open that door, instead of just opening it a crack, you better kick that fucking thing in because I, it's got to allow everything. It's got to allow right? everything. Yeah. And, and maybe this is where it, it, it comes in with what you're talking about, where, where it's up to the student to actually bring a text forward and introduce it to the class and, um, whether the, and, and it's, okay, this is something that spoke to me, or this is part of my tradition, or my family tradition, or whatever it is, right? I always ask myself the question when there's these um, conflicts in the Middle East, Palestine in particular, and Northern Ireland and, and during the Troubles, it was 
the question is when I I wanted to get two people from opposing sides that were pretty militant and ask them whose side is God on? Like whose side is God on? Well, God gave us this land. Why well, he, he obviously didn't tell the Palestinians that, did he? Yeah. Or she or he or what? And same with, you know, Jerusalem is a bucket list city for me that I'd love to visit. I would love to visit too. The Mont- the temple, and I, all of those places I would love to visit. There's a few reasons why. One is because of just the hi- historical thing. And I want to see if, if there's a tangible spiritual thing, vibe, whatever. I want to see if there's that that thing. I'm not saying that Jesus didn't exist. I'm not saying that he isn't the son of God. I'm, I believe that I'm as, just as much a son of, and this is blasphemy, I'm just as much a son of God as as, as Jesus, right? And uh, and maybe he did all those miracles. I don't know, man. I, but, I, I, I 100% understand the sentiment that you're saying there. Uh, uh, he had something, right? He had something. Um and and so I want to see if there is a, you know this sort of footprint, if there's a, some sort of spiritual footprint left there. Not only that, but Muhammad, you know, um, both prophets in both in in both religions, Christianity, Judaism, and or all three. That that that's the triumvirate. That, that that's that's why Jerusalem to me it, it would be such an amazing place to visit. It is the holy city for three major world religions. I I'd like to go to Mecca. That would also be. But I you know the problem there is I like I and I'd want to go to the Hajj, but I'm not I'm not a Muslim. Right. Right. And uh, and we we we've touched mostly on Christianity, right? Um, and and I hate to see when it comes to Islam. I hate to see what a few extremists, and it's very few. It is it's very a few. small. It's a tiny percentage compared to them. It's the world's large. Is it now? Is it the world's largest religion, or is it might be by pop? It might be by population for sure. Um, so I, 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 uh, so a very small percentage of people that have that have um, stained it so horribly, right? So, like, I don't agree with the. I don't like. I don't agree with with Islam or Judaism or Christianity or whatever. I, their dogma and their stuff that's it's not for me right but yeah. like we said earlier it, it helps millions of people yeah until until it doesn't until until a few crazy extremists read things or take things out of context and but extremism of course is is prevalent in in all religions all religions i yeah. I, I, I mean buddhist buddhist extremists kill people just like any other kind of religious extremist. Yeah. I mean, monk sets himself on fire in, right. in the Saigon, right? Yeah. Um, so what are we, what's, the, what's our conclusion before we get into our, into our well, I, playlist? I, well, I was going to segue into the playlist. Or in, the playlist. In, into the playlist. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip There's there. There's a Freudian slip. It is to just talk about how in, 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 in of course, most religions, if not all religions, music plays a central role. And so, so when I, I was going to ask you, is your playlist 
is your playlist touching on spiritual music or is it just more on the topic in general? For me, mine, mine will be music that touches my soul, right? Music that um, there's one, there's a couple artists in particular, San, Carlos Santana, right? Um, a couple of his songs and Carlos is, is one of the two people that I want to sit down and have coffee with. Keith Richards and Carlos Santana. I just want to have a coffee. Right? Just sit and chat. You just want to have coffee with Keith Richards so you could say, why did you smoke all the drugs? No. There's none left for any of us. I want to say, Keith, <laughs> I want to say, Keith, what kind of world do you want us to leave you when, when it's time? Um, because you know when there's a nuclear holocaust, it'll be the cockroaches and, and Keith, Keith Richards. Richards. And, and maybe Betty White. And, and they'll be left to populate. <laughs> but no, uh, he's an incredibly spiritual human being and his music, um, his music touches me like I can't even, I can't explain, right? Uh, when, I'm, when I'm feeling a creative block, that's my go-to, Carlos Santana. It opens up stuff. I just have to, like you say, sit back, relax, get present and listen to that music. So Carlos Santana for sure. And then... Uh, yeah, and and what about yours? I I, I took a far more playful um, uh, look at it. Um, basically, I I just went through Apple Music and uh, searched for songs in my library with God, Jesus, prayer, religion. So I have everything from uh, uh, Dolly Parton's "Dear God" to REM's "Losing My Religion" to Soundgarden's "Jesus Christ Pose" to um, Tori Amos. A uh, quite famous song, God. Um, I'm all over the map. Uh, Duran Duran's New Religion. Uh, sorry, I'm 80s and 90s, but that's kind of my wheelhouse a little bit. So I, 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 t I took a bit of more of a, of a playful approach, uh, but but it's certainly uh, musically, e even non-believers have, uh, uh, as, as artists, musicians have been quite interested commenting uh, positively or negatively about religion. John Lennon. Right. <laughs> what are we going to do next time? Uh, art. Art. We're going to talk about art. So our thing about religion is uh, God is good. Religion, maybe not so much. Maybe not so much. But not bad. Not entirely bad, but not entirely bad. It's got some work to do. One thing I want to say is we are, we are broadca broadcasting now. We're recording in the new, I think I can say this, the, I can't. You can't. You got to wait one more week. Wait one. No, Tuesday is the press release for the, new, for the Arts North, the whole, uh, yeah, just stay tuned, man. Stay tuned because you'll, yeah, where we're recording is a special place that will soon be open to all. Just like religion. <laughs> <laughs>this episode of everything everything was recorded at the future home of the arts north a digital media center in beautiful prince george british columbia canada if you want to listen to mine and neil's uh, musical playlist for this episode you can find the link in the description below i'm michael cast for everything everything <laughs>